The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Hello and welcome to Paper Cuts, the podcast all about books. My name is Louisa Cossa and it is frankly an honour to introduce my co-hosts. Oh, oh I'm Karen Death. <laughs> I'm Gina Todd. And um, what's on the menu today, guys? I think um, we just wanted to, as always, say thank you to everyone who listened. Thank mm. you to everyone who chatted with us, interacted with us. Um, Especially IRL. But we've been having, we had some nice feedback. Karen and I went to the Ellen and Unwin midwinter Christmas drinks last Thursday. Yeah. And we had four different people separately come up to us and say, <laughs> um, we love your podcast. So hello, Jenny, Becky, Sushita and Erina at Ellen and Unwin. Oh, and Abba. Abba and Abba. Yeah, five. so there was five. Thank you. And when Jenny came up, she was last, I was like, are you guys all listening to this together? She was like, no, did everybody else say they liked it too? That's so wonderful. It was pretty cool. It is so nice when someone like says to you in real life, they've been listening yeah. to it. Yes. Yeah. And I wanted to say hello to Luke Murray, who got in touch and said that he reckons the pod is rather good, but <gasps> yeah. that it's been very bad for his bank account. <laughs> so Thanks, Luke, for tuning in. And, you know, you could be spending your dosh on much worse things than books. Like also, Luke, drugs, I, know if heard about, I don't know if you've heard about libraries, but uh, <laughs> quite a good resource as well. Nice <laughs> Sorry, just shading our listener. <laughs> I meant it nicely. <laughs> just trying to help out. Um, cool. And um, as always, you can get in touch with us. Um, we are at PaperCutsPod um, on Twitter and on Gmail. We are papercutspod at gmail.com. So um, please do hit us up. Um, we will respond in good time <laughs> with regards to the Gmail. Um, so shall we move on and have a little bit of bookie news? Yeah, yeah. book news. There's quite a lot. Mm. Um, so what, what have you got first? Um, I think I've got Word Christchurch. Yeah. Um, so they released the program for that, was it last week? Yes. And it is an incredible program. It really is. It's so exciting. It's super exciting. And I think the most exciting thing is that Karen is on it. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Um, I'm so thrilled about this. I'm uh, chairing a session on September the 2nd. And the session is called Soundtrack or Dancing About Architecture. And it's about that really weird thing that some of us do, which is music writing. And so four authors will present new writing on music that's provided the soundtrack of their lives or just their work. And um, there'll be readings and a discussion about the problems or the joys about music writing because it is quite an odd thing. And um, I'm so excited because I'll be in conversation with the absolutely brilliant writer Philip Hoare, who I just think is amazing. He won the Samuel Johnson Prize in 2009 for his amazing book, Leviathan. And Pip Adam will be there, who we all love. Yay. And the poet Chris Tease and the writer Nick Lowe. And I just wanted to say thank you to the Word Programme Director, Rachel King, for having the insight to ask someone like me to chair a session when it could have been so easy to just default to the norm of bringing in a white middle-aged male to talk about <laughs> music. So, you know, great insight there. And the, the programme's fabulous, so I reckon you should nip over to wordchristchurch.co.nz and have a squiz. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, so two of the um, other big authors that are coming are um, Irvine Welsh, 
and coming back because the coming theme, back the theme is Scotland, so yeah, right. Okay, so we got Irvine Welsh coming, and he is also popping into Dunedin as well. And then we have Sean Blithall, who Louisa and I have both read his book Diary of a Bookseller. Oh, it's so good. I've yet oh, to read it. Blithall, I always call him Blithall. Yes, but I've yeah. put an imaginary L in there along <laughs> like my Blithel. life. Yeah, I, I think know. he would like that too. Yeah. Let's ask him. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, but he, we've just got word that we're going to have him on the podcast in our August one. So he has written this hilarious diary of a man's year in his secondhand bookstore in Wigtown, Scotland, and it's part black books, part Notting Hill sense of humour, and it's a big about lover books and a really big hate of Amazon as well. It's just so Bricks funny. and mortar all the way. Bricks and mortar. He actually um, shot a Kindle with a shotgun and uh, <laughs> has it mounted on the wall in the bookstore. Extreme. I mean, haven't we all? Haven't we all? Yeah. Not, not me. But he's going to be in Auckland in um, on the Sunday, the twenty sixth of August, and he's going to be in a public talk at the Ridges Hotel. And he's also going to be at Featherston on the twenty seventh of August for yeah, all of our Featherston listeners. And well, yeah, Word Festival in Christchurch, and then also Dunedin at the Dunedin Writers Festival. So it's so great they're all working together to make the most of a guest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like that's just so that's wonderful what you've got to, to do. Yeah, I think do. that's how Maximize they can afford it. them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. They share the cost. So I think it's really wonderful. So look out for all of that stuff. And it's great having these international writers and our great national writers all around New Zealand. Yeah, including old Kieran Das. Yeah. Um, and speaking of things that Kieran Das is involved in, this is just the Kieran Das podcast now, <laughs> um, hosted by us. And... Um, so Karen is a judge at the Pans Book Design Awards, and that is on Thursday night of this week. So depending tomorrow, on, that's yeah, tomorrow. So, tomorrow. Isn't so it? depending on when this comes out, it'll be today. Yeah, yesterday. And, um, <laughs> maybe people will know who the winner is by by the time they hear this. But um, I'll be presenting the awards for two out of the eight categories: best illustrated book and best cover. I'm just so interested to see what people's responses will be to who we have selected. Um, yeah. It was pretty, actually, unanimous, so... That's great. It's pretty exciting, and but you can head to bookdesignawards.co.nz for more details. Exactly, and if you do wish to come to the Design Awards and you have a spare 50 bucks lying around, so Louisa, can. what do you get for your 50 bucks? Because oh, you've yes. been before, eh? Are you coming to this um, one? I actually didn't go last year because I was sick, um, but they have... Um, the year before when I went, they had... Amazing nibbles, Mm-mm. and I was just hanging around by them all night. And I met some, <laughs> I met some like-minded individuals who were also hanging out by the nibbles all night. You know, they had like, you know, those balls of like che- melty cheese and like, you know, kind of standard stuff. But it was just in these like, it was like um, that scene from Fantasia when there's just like food <laughs> everywhere and it's like a bacchanal and there's just like mounds of food. Great, and bubbly was good. flowing, Sounds lovely. and, and um, of course, you know, um, you get to see the people receive their awards, which is always a nice. Time. And do you sit in rows or do you stand or do you kind um, of sit in tables? You have like a drinking mix and mingly thing at the start where you get to like hobnob. And well, that's where we're worrying about. Karen and I were worrying about whether, mm. where, when we were eating and drinking. Yes. At oh, event. yeah. So yeah. I think beforehand and perhaps after as well, depending on how decimated the piles of food are. Um, and oh, sorry, my voice is really croaky, but maybe it's a, a new vibe for me. Um, <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> But then for the actual awards, we sit down in rows. So, um, Jenna, you can sit with us. Yay! Yeah, you're coming. Yeah, yeah I'm coming. I'm coming. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I didn't mean to um, keep you in suspense that whole time. Hanging. <laughs> I'll be I'm, there. Yeah, I'm very lucky to be Karen's date. So, yay! I also have a croaky voice, and this morning my husband made me laugh while I was brushing my teeth, and I like sucked down all the bubbles, and it, my voice just hasn't come right since Aww. on podcast day. Like, I think you both terrible. sound really kind of glamorous husky. and husky and whiskey and cigarettes. So, yeah, cool. Yeah, no, it's apparently um, yeah, you know that's that's the vibe for broadcasters. Um, really should take up smoking again. Um, <laughs> so, so next up, next up in the news, we have um, the long list for the Man Booker Prize has been announced, Ooh. and they're kind of saying that it's been dominated by dystopias. Um, 
I have to say I really hated the book that won the Man Booker Prize last year. I can't remember Lincoln what book and the, was. I know, Lincoln oh, and the Bardo by no, I love George that book. Saunders. I oh. love it. Well, I haven't read it. And, Don't. Um, I actually have really enjoyed George Saunders' short Absolutely. stories in the past. Absolutely, me too. I oh, love okay. his non-fiction, love his short stories, but I hated this novel so much I threw it across the room. Oh, um, my God. So daft. <laughs> Not for me, but I've actually still got a copy of it. Um, and I just want to get rid of it. Oh, can so I have if it? You want it? Yeah, yeah I would like to read it, it so that I can um, comment on it intelligently. It has a dent in it. Um, I have to. S- <laughs> Um, I have to say that the concept didn't really appeal to me uh, of um, President Lincoln being Neither. dead and like talking That's to the other ghosts. It sounds really ghosts. bizarre. It sounded to me really boring, and then the structure was like something that I usually can't be bothered with. But I loved it. I really loved it. I just oh thought God. it was amazing. Hated Stay it so tuned, much. everyone. Yeah, yeah. I know so whether gonna... I liked it. I'll be the tiebreaker. Yeah. But so, who could win this year? Who knows? It's a pretty exciting and interesting and weird long list, isn't yeah, it? It's There's diverse. thirteen books, Baker's dozen. Um, but there. There's a book that Jenna and I really loved, and we're going to give it to you to read, Louisa, so we can talk about it. But it's called um, Normal People by Sally Rooney. And I read it a couple of weekends ago, and on that Sunday I noticed that I was really grouchy and crotchety, and I couldn't figure out why. And I realised that, you know, I was reading this really immersive, wonderful book that I was thoroughly enjoying, and I felt really resentful that I had to go out and do stuff and be pulled out of this world. Um, but I just thought it was a really seasoned, remarkable take on that weird thing called love, and she's got such a clear-sighted, mature I vision, I think. Yeah. I think she's 27, mm. and oh, I started reading it on Sunday morning, and I had so many other pressing things to do, and I did none of them and finished mm. the book in the, in the same day. And then I was felt really justified when, yeah. this, um, when this long list came out because it is really a great book. But we'll... It was me- it's meant to come out in September, but I just got word this morning that they might bring it forward. Yeah, and it hit these are really good cover as well. So we'll le- and then um, we'll. Oh, sorry, I just <laughs> lost track of my <laughs> thoughts. Um, <laughs> don't worry about that. Um, it's this uh, long list has the first graphic novel. Yes, which is amazing. It is amazing. I think we're seeing a real trend in people being open to the ideas of what kind of format a novel can take. But Jenna, you and I were talking about it yesterday, about how interesting, you know, it was to have a graphic novel in there. And I remember we said, oh, it reminds me of the um, book that I really love, Leanne Shapton's um, The Important Artifacts book, which we've talked about before. But well, then it just made perfect sense she's to me. That on she's on the judging panel. Yeah, she's Sorry, one of the judges. screaming. I'm so oh, excited about she. that. Yeah. So that made perfect sense. Um, after we were talking ah, about that yesterday, I found that out. Yeah, so okay. Leanne Shapton really kind of walks that line between your traditional novel and your graphic novel yeah. and your other forms. Because um, was she pretty is also kind of technically... A graphic yeah. novel. It's got a narrative, but it's yeah. pictures and pithy little one-liners. Um, yeah, Was She Pretty is such a great book it about is. a partner's ex-girlfriends and sort of drawing them and speculating on them. Um, <laughs> so good. So be. relatable. Yeah, so yeah, good. Such Just such a over them. idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Um, yeah, it is very exciting that a graphic novel is on the list. Um, so that is Sabrina by Nick... Um, Darsner? Danesso? Sorry, Nick. Whatever your last name is, um, <laughs> D R N A S O. That's right. And um, of course, old mate Rachel Kushner yeah. with the Mars rumours also on the long list, which we spoke about at length in the last yeah, pod. And yeah, which um, yeah, really enjoyed that, and I'm really stoked to see her on that list. And it kind of, to me, vindicates the whole opening the Man Booker Prize up to international mm. books, mm-hmm. um, which hilariously. Um, now, what author was it that said that it was rubbish that they opened it up to internationals? Oh, probably many. Was it Ellen Bennett or was it um, Julian Barnes? It was one of those um, older, old white guys. Older states, older state, I was going to say elder statesmen, okay. but old, old white guys is fine too, um, which is pretty funny. And um, other news, um, should we talk about what's on the spin-off books page? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This morning I just read the Mad Chapman uh, Preview of the um, Stephen Adams bio. Yes, Maybe I read that last so night good. too. Yes, I loved it. Do you mean her piece where she talks about writing the? Yeah, book? Oh, ah. it was it was lovely. It was sort of moving and um, yeah, I did feel like a little little um, emotion come through. So Madeline Chapman, who is a staff writer at the spinoff, has written about her experience. Uh, is it ghostwriting? I guess essentially yeah. ghostwriting. Yeah. Stephen Adams' biography. Stephen Adams being a 
basketballer for a team in the US, which I can't remember the name of. Yeah, um, NBA person. Yeah, and it was Oklahoma City Thunder. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Amazing. Right. I'm a really How big sports person. She just I'm really that was part of an intensity that I wasn't <laughs> expecting. Um, I'm not. I only know the Chicago Bulls and the Charlotte Hornets, and they're from the 90s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the merch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do um, research, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out that Mad Chapman and Stephen Adams, um, they were childhood mates, and they played um, basketball at the, um, what was what's it called, like the Winter Sports um, Building in Newtown, which is just mm. up the road from where I I grew up mm. and they talked about, you know, going to the Mr. Bun in Newtown for a pie, which oh, I yeah. may have done a few times as well in my childhood. <laughs> yeah. croissants at Mr. Bun were amazing. Oh, I was always on the um, the sugar donut buzz. Anyway. Um, that looks good. And the book's going to launch this Monday. And it's called Steve Adams, My Life, My Fight. People love a good sports bio. Yeah, and I think he's, he's a wee bit more than a sports person, I would oh, say. He's sorry. also a bit of a personality. Forgive me. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not, um, yeah. I'm not mad. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you talk more than about just my boyfriend a sports like that? Person. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, um, elsewhere on the books page, we, uh, do you guys want to just go straight into a Who the Fuck Is segment? Sure. Yeah, we're talking okay. about the um, spin-off books page. I took some notes. Sorry, I kind of like threw that at you, but, you know, why not? I feel Keep a bit nervous toes. about this because I'm gonna do, we're going to do a Who the Fuck Is on a person that um, we haven't read the book, but just this is not a book <laughs> As review. Always. We are not reviewed. reviewing the book. Um, so call your reviewing, jets. Yeah, call everyone your jets. settle down. We don't want another Jordan B. Peterson moment. So, Or do we? <laughs> no, we do. We, we like pretty good crack to see it. It was pretty crap. Yeah. So this week, um, Wickles just released their annual top 100 chart thing that they have, mm. and it, I think that's it, um, pretty much the books. Most most of the books that they stock in their stores, that they have that big wall of the top 100 yes. books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think number one is Harry Potter, and it always has the Bible on it. Top 100. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, bless. So, what went straight to number four was the subtle art of not giving a fuck: a counterintuitive guide to living a good life by Mark Manson. This came out in two thousand and sixteen, and it was reviewed at the start of this year by John Summers on the spinoff. And I was like, "Well, what the fuck is this book?" Because we've sold tracks of it. Mm. It's always on oh, the top have. of the charts, and it's yeah. on the Unity charts as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, on the, the Auckland Unity charts, constantly week. on Auckland. So, um, his the idea of the book is personal development that doesn't suck, and he wants to combine offensive and vulgar language with life advice. And he has a quote where you he wants you to not not being indifferent, but being comfortable with being different. So it's just like getting you to get on with your life with not worrying about what other people mm. think. With but added swear words. With added swear words. Edgy. And, and that kind of fits in with all those <laughs> other swear word books that have come out. Yeah. There have been such a rush, a steady rush of popular psychology books, and there were so many that had the word fuck in them. Subtle art of not giving a fuck, life-changing magic of not giving a fuck, That's what I was thinking fuck of. it, the ultimate spiritual way, and fuck it, be at peace with life, just as it is. <laughs> and you know, I think it's this whole thing like, <laughs> let's put fuck in the title, and it, it cracks me up because it's so lame. It sort of gives a chance for squares and conservatives to be like, oh, look how edgy we are. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I think it all started with Go the Fuck to Sleep, yeah, which was right. the kids' book. Which was at least eight, ten years oh ago. Goodness, so long I ago. Five, five years. Oh, okay. Was it? Did it come out when you were at Time Out? It did, yeah. Um, but not too long after I started yeah. working there, I think. So maybe, I, I don't know, I don't want to speculate. But um, yeah, that was a real phenomenon, the children's book called Go the Fuck to Sleep. Can't mm. remember the author right now, but um, we'll... We'll check on the old. Um, but do you want me to tell you some stuff about Mark Manson? Yes, please. So do you guys know what a PUA is? Yes. We've talked about them before on this on this um, pod. They are pick-up artists. Pick-up artists. Because so he did that, didn't he? He did it. So who is? Who don't call <laughs> He's just... <laughs> Sorry. Okay, you might want to cut some of that laughter, no. Alice. No, I keep it. I keep, keep it. it. So... Uh, yeah, it seems like he's just switched his life advice from his pickup artist yeah, advice. Yeah, totally. So he's like probably always wanted to be an advice giver, and he mm. went down this road. I think it was like the mid two thousands. He had this website called Practical. What was it called? Practical Magic. Pick, practical pickup something. Gross. Oh, I had it on my notes. 
practicalpickup.com. And then um, he has all these people that followed him. Um, and he was like on these videos that I was watching on YouTube. Like there was a video from this group called the Charisma Community. Ah. And then another site. I just went on such a deep hole. And this was thanks to John Summers' article. He yeah. sent me down this great but weird. Um, oh, yeah, because they call it the... And I want to talk about John Summers' review as well, because that's really cool. Oh, yeah. The, um, they talk about the seduction community, and then there was this website by this guy, run by a guy called Kenny, and it's like, how to be loser to savage. So it kind of seems like a road to incels. Totally. Kind of. So it's kind of a scammy grift. It, it is a scammy grift, actually. You're absolutely right, Karen. It's preying on people's insecurities. and um, Negging. Yeah, oh, wow already talked about nagging um and um it continues to be relevant i think um mm. keep an eye out for people who are saying bad shit about you because they're probably nagging you i feel like um these books are actually just an excuse for people to kind of be libertarian and selfish and nasty but feel like put themselves into sort of feeling like they're being confident and empowering but i feel like it just goes back to Anne rand and her objectivism you know like it just mm. kind of well what, have you guys ever read self-help books and have they ever helped you? Like, I wonder, are we being, are we being elitist about self-help books because we Probably. feel like we don't need I them? Think, but I think these are books that are being framed as self-help books, but I think they're a lot more insidious. Mm. And I just think they're not real. They're, they're a very, bit different to something like Louise Hay or, you yeah. know, like I just, I wouldn't class them as just being a self-help book. I think yeah, there's right. something a bit more to it than that. Yeah. It's about being individualistic and looking out for yourself. And In answer to your question, though, I think I've only read The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, and it did give me some helpful tips on folding my T-shirts that I still use to this day. Um, but I haven't read any others, to be fair. I read, um, what's the art one? Artist's Way, Artist's Way. Artist's Way. by Julia Cameron. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's and a I classic. Th- Along I, with Louise Hay, whatever her book was called. You Can Heal Your Life. You Can Heal Your Life. I think with The Artist's Way, like, I found it pretty wish-washy, woo-woo, but then there were some really practical things I could cool. take away. And so maybe I was thinking of people who read The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck or even 12 Rules for Life. Hopefully they just take away some practical things but don't take it all as gospel. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think of the good in humanity yeah. that that's yeah. how they would read it. Yeah. So I guess like... I don't think I've um, read any. Maybe well, I need to. <laughs> I've been meaning to say... Um, <laughs> So in regards to John Summers' review, I thought it was um, really actually fantastic writing. He is an incredible writer. Mm. Um, He is the author of The Mermaid Boy, um, short stories. And um, it's quite lyrical in places, but then it's also quite savage in other places. And um, so I think the main thrust of his argument about this book is that it is essentially, like you said, Karen, very selfish. Mm. And, you know, the the main premise is just that, like, um, you should... well, you should stop giving a fuck. Basically, you should stop thinking that you should be some kind of platonic ideal of happy and yeah. successful because when you think that way, you're kind of putting yourself down in your current position yes. and you're focusing on what you lack, which is quite sensible, actually. But um, there's all it all seems to be directed towards the self, I guess kind of sense, hence self-help. Um, but you know, it's not about, there's nothing in there about, from what John Summers said, I haven't read the book. Um, you know, there's nothing about helping others and any kind of altruistic. And further to that, you know, there's a whole chapter in the book where he talks about the need for personal responsibility and he argues that even those disadvantaged by their genetics need to get on and take responsibility for themselves and he sort of makes jabs at what he calls victimhood chic mm. which I find I find that quite That's repellent pretty gross. to be that honest yeah. yeah there's so much online about Mark Manson and I think you can just like watch all these videos that he comes on and he um and he spouts <laughs> all of this stuff but I feel like this is more of a positive direction than the PUA stuff. Because he's like dropped that whole website. You can't find anything about it. Anymore. He's also said publicly that it's gross. Yeah. And that it's, you know, right. destructive and cynical. So he's learning. He's learning. Yeah. And I think um so it's interesting because the context that I'd heard about this book was was I think on the spin-off. It was either in something that Alex Casey wrote. I think it was in something she wrote, actually, about the contestants on Heartbreak Island. Uh, and that the book that they all cited as having read was that uh, Mark Manson's book. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's one of those, I don't know, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that mm. um, people going on a reality TV show where you sort of pair up with people and then break up with them and it's all very kind of awful. Yeah. Um, are reading that. I don't really have a conclusion to draw from that. I just thought it was interesting to note. When I was overseas recently, that was the book I saw people reading the most. Mm, and I the think orange that, book. Yeah, also <laughs> it's such a distinctive cover that even mm. if it was in a different language, I could tell um, what it was. But yeah. that's kind of who Mark Manson is. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, we're not Our sure. Our perception. We'll never know. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> please do give John Summers' review a read because it's fantastic and um, just in and of itself. Yeah, I like how he talks about the things that he likes about it and what he doesn't like, which is mm. the basis of a good review, but not everybody does that. So It can be hard to remember to put that in. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking from experience. Um, so shall we go backwards a wee bit and do our book reviews? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, who wants to go first? You should go first because you're first on the list. Uh, but yeah, I should have like um, I should have done a bit of copy and paste. So they wouldn't have to go first this time because I just um, worked off the, t- the template from last time. Anyway, <laughs> um, the books that I want to talk about is, um, bless you, um, a trilogy uh, by the author Rachel Cusk. Mm. Um, so the first book is called Outline. The second is Transit, and the third is out right now. Mm-hmm. It's just come out, I believe, and it's called Kudos. And so Rachel Cusk is a Canadian-British author, um, and I had – I've actually it's one of those things where you start to hear someone's name and then you start to hear it more and more and more, and I think the first time I really took note of it was I literally took a note at the Writers' Festival – Auckland Writers Festival earlier this year when our old mate Charlene Teo was in conversation with Pip Adam and she was saying she was naming authors and I was scribbling madly and I wrote Rachel Cusk question mark like not sure if I had heard her name correctly because it's quite an unusual name Mm. um and so I um yeah, I heard about Kudos coming out. I heard all these great things about this trilogy. So I started reading it and I started with Outline, of course, because I always start at the beginning. And um, I, I enjoyed it you, so much. Do you need to read them all in order or do they stand alone? Well, uh, what I would say about the books, so I haven't read the third one, but the books that I've read, there's not really that much of a plot. Right. So I don't think it matters. And you won't be like, oh my God, I don't know what's happening because it's very sort of. Um, quiet and every, every day and I hesitate to say domestic because people always say that about women's writing um, when it relates to things that are not fantastical but you know it's just kind of your everyday stuff if your everyday life is of course being a writer who gets to go overseas to teach. <laughs> We've been talking about this so much. <laughs> oh my god. We have. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? What have you been talking about? Well just tell I mean I feel like I've been reading a lot of books about women yes. and this is not in a bad way women who are like going on some kind of journey in writing like um Olivia Lang, Joanna Walsh, Sheila Hetty, Sheila Hetty, you know they they're taking out this time to really do some self discovery and it's quite like it's a bit um, galling isn't it i'm like i want that no. life yeah it's yeah. very it's a very nice life and i know like uh you you can critique something or worry about your life and your life isn't perfect if you are a full-time writer and you're travelling around the world thinking about things, but mm. it's pretty um, pretty cushy to Mind me. Mind you, so. I just kind of thought, you know, writing is work. It is Writing's work. Writing's fucking hard. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. And to us, we, you know, it's so easy for people to look from the outside like, oh, so luxurious. Yeah, but, oh, you, you don't know. have to, like, go I mean, into I work. I mean, I write heaps and... That's hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I wrote very little, and that's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, um, I think I've just been reading heaps of books like mm. this at the moment. It seems like that's the trend, trendy type stuff that's coming out. Yeah, that's a really good point um, and an interesting trend that you guys have identified. Yeah, yeah. I was, it was just after I'd read Crudo, which mm. Karen loved, I was like, oh, I really love this book, but... I feel yeah. like I've just read this in lots of different forms just this year. Crudos by Olivia Lang. Yes, by yeah. The way. Anyway, sorry. Back to your review. Yeah, geez. not to take away from. Um, her, well, it's her funny journey. because um, I didn't really think about it as I was reading, but as I was saying it, I was like, <laughs> everyday life. Like that's not really what people would consider everyday life. Anywho, um, so I really enjoyed these books. They are very the the prose is very sort of um, uh, clear. Um, and transparent. Mm. Um, it's 
it's so closely observed that you sort of, you know, it starts out, outline she's on a plane sitting next to this kind of unusual looking man. And um, the way that she describes this man and her surroundings really makes you feel like you're there. You know, when you're in a plane, you're, you feel so sort of, well, I feel so exposed and I'm really taking in my surroundings and you feel really vulnerable and kind of looking out for, for risk. And mm. yeah, yeah, I'm not even afraid of flying. I'm just afraid of people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know that you recently had an experience on a plane that was quite um, oh negative, gosh. Jenna. Did I, tell you? I, did I not tell you about it? Just really quickly because oh, we have yeah. to get on. I'll but. tell you. Okay, so I was on a plane I was flying from Singapore to Auckland and they'd just taken away the food trays and the guy the air Sorry. people were telling us to pull down the the shades mm-hmm. which is like international language for you can put your seat back yeah. and so I put my seat back and then I just felt this person push it from behind <gasps> and she yelled at me and said oh. you could have asked and I was oh. like when the fuck has anyone asked if they can put their seat back well if you ask and they'll say no I know. Oh, and why, crazy. why did she have to be so fucking rude about it? She was so rude. She was so psycho. And she kept bitching about it. And then she was talking to the ear hostess about <laughs> it. Really loudly, I bet. Really loudly. And, you know, you just feel weird in the plane. But I was very justified because the woman next to me was just, like, rolling her eyes <laughs> and just being like, what a crazy bitch, you know. So yeah. it was very – you're so sensitive in mm. those things. And then you're I was – vulnerable. I was about to go to sleep. And then I was like, is she going to, like, drop stuff on my head as she gets up or, like, mm. shake my my chair all night or it's horrible and she put her seat back too it was just fucked oh um well anyway, anyway the late the <laughs> this review is going really well yeah. um the man that um so the main character's name is Faye and uh, we're introduced to her she is a writer she's going to Greece to teach and um she is sitting next to this unusual man they struck up a conversation and um they continue to meet and talk while she's in Greece um, but there's really no plot to speak of. It's just um, plot's boring. She meets, anyway, I agree. You know? I like, totally agree. I don't care about plot. Um, Give us the crit. Wendy, the manager of Time Out, would disagree. She only oh, cares about plot. Yes. She's like, I don't care what. <laughs> Siri and I Wendy were talking about this. Siri I don't from care Time what the writing's like. We were talking about it like last night. Plot. Yeah, though I tell Drop you, the plot, man. Recently, after reading all of these kind of books like that, I was like, I just want to read a book with a beginning, mm. middle, and <laughs> end. And I did that last yeah. week. Yeah. Um, so I think that the main flavor of this book is that um, this character is very sort of outward looking, and we don't learn a lot about her life. We know that her marriage has just, um, you know, ended, and she's got children at home, but she's just kind of like on this break and. When she meets someone, it's interesting. She's obviously a person who asks a lot of questions because they kind of give her their life story in this really sort of narrative way that's really interesting to read. It's slightly, it, it's almost slightly artificial, but um, but it's just wonderful. I really enjoyed it. And the second book is um, a continuation, but she's in London and she's um, she's bought this terrible flat with these nightmarish neighbours and, um, you know, her... She's still dealing with the fallout from her marriage. She's got these two young boys who have to move out while her builders do some work on it. But every character just sings with this beautiful kind of narrative and everyone is special, you know, from the builders to her cousin who's just left his wife. Um, And so she writes... um, There are domestic, more domestic scenes in the second one and she just writes it so well and I just, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm, Mm -hmm. um, my copy of Kudos is, um, the status is in transit at the library. So I'm just like, come on, come on. So in the second book, does she reference being in Greece? No, she doesn't. Oh, Mm. so then. But I think, but, but the argument I would make for reading them in order though is that you kind of, what the main plot I guess is the unfolding of the character Faye which is very gradual and subtle, mm. you know. She kind of like, you know, like teases it out um, while she's interacting with these other people. Mm. Yeah, so that is my review <laughs> 10 hours later. It's <laughs> interesting because I've heard people, you know, I mean, people love Carl of a Kanauskoa and I've heard that she does the same thing but better. So, interesting. Um, I wonder yeah, what would be the same them? thing, um, the, the autofiction aspect. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't comment. I couldn't comment actually whether it's autofiction. I just, I just read it, and I didn't really read any um, kind of external stuff about it or criticism. I just um, enjoyed the book. Was very much in the moment with it. It's a very, it's very moment to moment sort of being present, sensory, kind of vibe. I read her book Aftermath in twenty twelve, and um, I really liked that too. But that was nonfiction about her marriage breakup. 
Um, mm. And I'm, I really want to read these books. So Yay. thanks for that great review. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um, now, who wants to go next? I think Jenna's next yep. on the list, okay. seeing as we're apparently going by the list. I'm quite <laughs> angry about that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, okay. Oh, I feel a bit nervous about this because I'm reviewing a poetry book and I'm not a poetry person. But that's I great, feel like though. that's a good way to talk about this book that maybe it's not for poetry people. I think most poetry is is for people who don't read poetry, as well as people who do. That's, I, I, I don't even read enough poetry to know that. So um, <laughs> the book is called Pocahontas, and it's a riff on um, Pocahontas, and it's poems by Tayi Tibble, and it's uh, published by... VUP. So Tayi Tibble is a super young author. She was born in 1995. Um, she won the Adam Prize Foundation Prize for Creative Writing last year, which the previous winners have been Hera Lindsay Bird, Ashley Young, and oh, Eleanor Catton. Eleanor Catton, Catherine Chidji, all my faves. Mm. And um, do you get to publish a book from winning this prize? I don't know. I thought <laughs> so because like it's I feel like they up. all have. Yeah. Um, I was trying to read like about the it. Like the rehearsal. Really... Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway. Well, let's put it in the description once we find out the answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is um, just a collection of poetry from a young Māori uh, author, and it's super fresh and super awesome. Uh, I think... I think a lot of people are going to refer her to Harry Lindsay Bird, but maybe that's because that's the other poetry book they've read, just like I like. Mm. And it does have that kind of freshness and that kind of like naughty youthfulness and comments mm. on comments on that really um, that kind of stuff that I guess poetry that I've read hasn't well haven't read. Oh, sorry, I just don't really read poetry. That's why I don't feel confident okay. talking well, about it. But not making sweeping remarks about poetry, but but this yeah book yeah in totally is. It has a sort of wide appeal, and um, it's got this kind of. I'm looking at the book right now. It's on the table. It's got an incredible cover. Oh, it's so cool! It's like her lying in the bath, and that refers to a poem in the book. It's just really fresh, and it has these great pop culture references, a great Twilight poem, and some Kanye references. Oh, and... Twilight the series by <laughs> Stephanie Meyer. Yeah, oh, it's actually more based on the mo movie characters, oh, but okay. I guess, you know. Yeah. So as soon as I finished it, I just had this urge to start it again. But of course I didn't because I have so much to read. But I did really <laughs> yeah. want to read. But, yeah, that's a, great, that. that's a great sign if yeah. you feel that way, being such a, you know, voracious reader. And the highlight for me was Hockey Mai, which she actually read out at this year's Anzac Day Parade. It's this moving, visceral poem about look, looking at um, war from the perspective of a young woman waving goodbye to her soldier boyfriend on the train. And I also love this um, poem called Shame. But... Louise, I had to ask you a poetry question because this is what you can do for a job. So there's poems like this which are like sparsely written and what one would imagine a poem would look like. Right. And then there's like these block paragraph poems. So that's more of a prose poem, I would argue, whereas the other mm. ones are, I, I would guess, say that too. more lyrical poetry, more just more traditional poetry. So I, think but, um, I, I like, like the prose yeah. poems better. Okay. Yeah. Is that because they, they read like little narratives? Little yeah, they like little or, vignettes or right. something like that. Yeah. So yeah. I have to say I feel I'm pretty shaky ground talking about poetry too, even though it is part of my job. <laughs> I just um there are people who are poetry people, they really know their stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um and I'm just kind of a um an outsider who's who helps to produce poetry books. I like I like dabbling dabbling in. And I really like listening to poetry read out, which it's National Poetry Day at the end of August. Yeah. And I've heard rumours that Tayi Tibble is going to be in Auckland, so mm -hmm. keep your ear to the ground to that see where she's going to be reading. I would love so to see National her. Poetry Day is the fourth Friday of every August. Is yeah. That right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Suri, who Jenna and I work with at Time Out, described this book, Jenna, as a good punch in the guts book. Oh, and I really liked loved that description. It. Yeah, she stayed up all night reading it. <laughs> um, but there's also a live email interview with Steve Brawnyerson on Spin Off Books page. So um, that's worth her answers to him are super intelligent. Yeah. Oh, just I'm, I'm going to read that. The book even better. Um, and can I ask who did the cover? Um, oh, it is. Uh, Zoe Hall. Zoe Hall? Yeah. Well, well, it's nice cool. Work, it's really Zoe. graphic, super pink. It has a little little foof on there. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so car cartoony. Um, oh, my God. I just realised what you said. Um, yeah. Um, oh, I'm flustered. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about human bodies. 
<laughs> One might not even notice it. Um, okay, well, um, is that That's my re- your the review? end of my review? It's a the great end. review. Thanks, Jenna. That was me clapping, but I had a book in my hand, so it didn't really work. <laughs> um, well, moving Sophia along to Karen Das's review. What have we got? So I've been reading this book here um, that you girls can see, Modern Nature by Derek Jarman. And um, this is a beautiful new edition of... Um, it is gorgeous. It's a 1991 book that he wrote. Um, and Vintage have done a really nice new edition of it. And he was an important filmmaker. And in 1986, he discovered he was HIV positive. And he was one of the first to kind of go public with his diagnosis and kind of deal with all the stigma around that. Mm-hmm. And he set about constructing a garden um, at his cottage called Prospect Cottage in Dungeness, which is a headland on the coast of Kent. Um, So it's in England, and it's on a a shingle shore near the Dungeness nuclear power plant. So it's a really kind of barren landscape, and he sort of grew plants there and made sculptures. And he spent time in nature while kind of reflecting on his uncertain future. So Modern Nature, it's a really special book and it kind of serves as a, as a diary of the garden but also a kind of meditation on his life from childhood to growing up as a young man um, in the 1960s, gay, and his creative life as a filmmaker. And beyond that, it's just a really beautiful insight into the natural world and I'm really loving nature writing at the moment. Mm. It just really evokes a scholarly look at the flora and fauna in such a strange kind of area in England as well. So not an area renowned for its natural beauty, one might say. Yeah, that's right. Um, So there's scraps of folklore in here and it's just really lush in its descriptions and it feels very meditative and dense and evocative and kind of swirling. It's such a special book. And he kind of just evokes this great sense of what it means to be an artist and what it means to be political and the art of gardening itself. Oh, cool. But it's interesting because another book I read a couple of weeks ago from start to finish was Olivia Lang's first book from 2011 to the river. Mm-hmm. And that's a stunning mix of folklore, mythology, natural history, memoir, biography and literary history. And it charts her walking along the River Ouse, which is where Virginia Woolf committed suicide. And I just think, I love how this works. It's kind of amazing that these two books have kind of come to me at the same time, because Olivia Lang writes the foreword to this new edition. So it's all very sort of elusive and interconnected. And um, she actually writes... Um, in the intro here, that when she was writing to the river, it was very much Jarman's voice that she had sought to channel. And it makes perfect sense to me. So, you know, I think these two books work really beautifully together as companion pieces. And even after his death, you can visit Prospect Cottage. Um, there are still some sculptures in the garden and they're rusting, and but it's still very much, you know, alive. And him, his partner, Keith Collins, who was with him until he died... He still lives there and actually welcomes visitors and invites them in Aww. for a cup of tea and to have Aww. a look around. That's so special. Which I think is so lovely. And um, That must be on your bucket list, Karen. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go there before too long. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so for sure. So, yeah, beautiful book, Modern Nature. Fantastic. Cool. Thank that you so great. much. Olivia Lang really champions other authors, eh? She really does. She championed the book that we love, The, the Normal, Normal People. Ah, yes. yes. Um, and I keep forgetting this, but I actually interviewed Olivia Lang a week ago and I oh asked goodness. her about what she'd been reading and that was one yeah. just keeps coming up. Yeah. Um, is, that, is that interview available to read yet? It'll be a wee while. Uh, not quite. Oh, yeah. is that is that or is it a radio interview? No, no, I've got to write it up. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait to read that and oh. find out what else Olivia Lang has been reading. Yeah, she's cool, man. Um, so what's next? Um, we've got not books and we've also got quiz. What do you guys want to do first? I just feel like, feel like being a little bit loosey-goosey about it today. Yeah. How about not books? Yeah, let's do not books. Okay. All right. Well, I'll just go first because mm. I'm already grumpy oh, about it. Oh, cool. Looking forward so I've to just hearing seen about what this. you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I have been struggling to find something to watch. Um, I kind of hate Same. watching TV. It kind of mm. often makes me quite anxious and sort of, um, fidgety. Mm-hmm. I can't really sit still for a lot of stuff. You need to internet. I do need to internet ASAP. 
because otherwise I'll just be eating popcorn while I, while I watch things. <laughs> um, and there's only so much popcorn a person can eat. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have been, so I was um, actually browsing Lightbox and oh, I saw, Lightbox. yeah, it's on Lightbox, which I think is a sponsor Sweet. of the spin-off in some way, shape or form. So hello, Lightbox. Props to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Love Nina is, I said it was a mini-series, but I think it's just a series, but I think, unfortunately, it hasn't been renewed for a second um, season, so that's, that's sad. Everyone should rise up and protest. Mm-hmm. Um, it is based on a book by Nina Steeb, I think. Um, I've had that recommended to yeah, me same. so many times. I me read too. It, no, um, but heaps of customers yeah, loved it. Right. Yeah, and I've had it recommended to me by some people whose opinions I greatly respect, um, but who will remain nameless because they're fiercely private individuals. <laughs> um, but um, let me just say that it... Um, Love Nina by Nina Steep is a biographical um, epistolary, is that the right word, for um, a book made up of letters? Let's, let's just go with that. You guys are looking at me blankly. Um, <laughs> God, I, mean, I mean, you're looking at me very intelligently, yeah, but not saying anything. Word I've yeah. never said it out loud. I got a bit of a shock Epistolary, epistolary, <laughs> epistolary. Come at me, everyone. I said it. And um, so it, um, it details her life as a young nanny to... Um, the, ch- the eccentric children of the editor of the London Review of Books, I think it is. Or is oh, it the Paris great. Review of Books? can't remember. Either way, it's Literary London, Literary North London, and um, Alan Bennett comes over for tea all the time and he's really grumpy about Nina's cooking. And, oh. you know, it's, it is so rambunctious and hilarious and sweet and charming and just Oh, oh my god, give it to your mum and she'll love you forever. I mean, or at least for like a month. Um, and which is what I did at Christmas, <laughs> last Christmas. And um I Oh, you gave some, her the book. I gave yeah. her the book. Okay, yeah. 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 And Is um, that the person that she'll remain nameless? No. Oh. Um, but she is also fiercely private. <laughs> I think I know who it is. I'm gonna ask her later. Yeah, do. And um but anyway, so yeah, loved, loved, loved the book. So I was very excited to watch the series, but also a bit apprehensive. Mm. But the series is just as charming. It, I think it takes a bit of creative license with the book, which is often a good thing to do. Mm. I think if you mm. try and stick too much to it, it ends up being kind of stiff. Different format as well. You've got to tailor mm. it to... Totally different. And I th- Yeah, and if you're going to make a series out of something, then obviously you'll have to go beyond the story at some point. <coughs> Handmaid's Tale. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, loved it. Um, the character Nina, who writes the letters, is played by Faye Marcy. Marcy? Um, just a really great um, British actress, really enjoyed her. And um, the editor of um, whose children she's nattying is played by Helena Bonham Carter, who's one of my oh, favourite people, I have amazing. to say. She's going to be Princess Margaret in The Crown. Yes, I actually, yeah, I might dip back into The Crown just for that because mm-hmm. I, I really love Helena. So, yeah, my mate Helena. And how many episodes are there? Um, and I don't know. I've only just started watching it. <laughs> I'm definitely going to watch um, it. Definitely cool. do. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, really highly recommend. You know, I was going to talk about Pose, um, the FX series about um, you know the drag nightclub scene and stuff, but I only got so many episodes into it, and I was like, this is too intense. Right. You know, I don't really like to watch. When I watch a series, I want it to be kind of relaxing mm. and charming and, you know, I'm a Gilmore Girls fan, you know, it's yeah. just like... Do you mean it was relentlessly intense? Um, yeah, I actually thought it was really well done. Mm. Um, but, you know, Ryan Murphy, um, he sort of reminds me of Hanya Yanagihara, who wrote um, A, a Little, Little Life. Life. Um, the volume was always up at 11 mm. in terms of the emotions that are going on. But I actually think that Pose is a terrific series if you do like to watch things that are emotionally intense and have a lot of action and a lot of characters. And um, I did want to um, say that Ryan Murphy, um, you know, I see you and I respect you for casting trans women in roles that are of trans women. Mm. Seems like it should be an obvious choice, but um, turns out it works really well. Yeah, Who cool. would have thought? Oh, cool. Anyway, Great. sorry, that was a little extra. Um, but please, um, someone else, do a recommendation. <laughs> Thanks, Louisa. I've just been listening to the Chelsea Jade's new album called Personal Best. It just came out on Friday, and I just have been waiting for this for so long. I love really dreamy girl pop stuff like Julia Michaels and Lord and Chelsea just sort of is another one of the and Haim and stuff, and she just fits into that, and it's just so nice. 
it's just such a cool album. I'm so happy that it's here. And I'll just, I'm one of those people that don't, I don't listen to music that much, but I'll just get a new album and then listen to that. Binge on it. For like two two years until the next album comes out. Yeah. And so I just thought it was great. And it was great to hear the new songs as well. I really loved um, uh, a song called Speedboat and another song called, sorry people. Um, oh, Perfect Stranger. I enjoyed that song too. Yeah, it's just pure lady pop, slick fun, and incredible lyrics that continue to reveal with each listen. Hey, I just thought of something about this album. She's yeah. got a song on there called Speedboat. Mm. She's oh. got a song on there called Pitch Dark. And those are two novels by one of my favourite authors, Renata, Renata Adler. Adler. Ah. So I wonder if she's a fan too. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Chelsea Jade seems like a very literary pop star. People yeah. must check those books out. So, and yeah. Speedboat's um, homage to Lord and her helping her oh. out with her album. It's just like a beautiful song. Oh, Lord, another literary so pop star. Yeah, it's just her like kind of thanking her for helping her and um, sort of like her from her eyes watching Lords Rise. And it's really, it's just like lady to lady love song. It's really oh, cool. Lovely. I bet Ella would be hard out into Renata Adler too. Yeah, oh, cool. For sure. Um, yeah, I listened to the album too. I also really enjoyed it. The The lyrics are constantly like, not like making you jump out of your seat with surprise, but giving you a little, oh, I didn't like, quite expect that in this kind of, in what sounds like a traditional pop song. Um some quite unusual lyrics and I really liked the opening number Personal Best yeah yeah um, which has a kind of chanting kind of avant-garde sort of quality to it and I know that um, Chelsea did the vocals production on the album yeah, yeah yeah I saw her at Wonder Garden this year for New Year's and man it was awesome and she's backup dancers and singers and they had them amazing dancers to go with all of those mm. songs it's really fun that's just it was just right up my alley so. it is so up your alley I was listening to it and I was like yes 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 <laughs> <laughs> this is ticking all of Jenna's boxes yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's what I've been listening to Great so cool review. thanks Jenna thank you um, so I guess it's me now, and <laughs> I've been um, listening to the new series of You Must Remember This, the podcast, um, which Love is a great, yeah, great series produced and hosted by Karina Longworth, and she kind of deals with the secret and forgotten histories of old Hollywood, and it started in 2014, and it's just super meticulously researched um, a great approach to kind of creative narrative nonfiction and it's very cult and it's perfect for film lovers which I am and it's really well researched wry narration super compelling stories and it covered everything from Manson's Hollywood and there was a great series called Dead Blondes which was wonderful but the new series is called Fake News, Fact-Checking Hollywood Babylon. And it's such a great idea. And what she's doing is taking the stories from Kenneth Anger's classic book, Hollywood Babylon. Which was like the first Hollywood gossip tell-all, yes, wasn't that's right. it? Yeah, totally. It was essentially a gossip book that he wrote in 1965. And I read it when I was a teenager and really into film. And it was just this kind of salacious, exciting, kind of naughty insight into the private lives of people from the silver screen. And um, it had the most outlandish and seedy stories. And that I guess, you know, they kind of got repeated and repeated. And, you know, when that happens, myth becomes reality, Mm -hmm. you know, and seen as gospel. So what she's doing is going right back and looking at these stories and fact-checking them under the theme fake news. So, you know, I mean, that's topical. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just this great forensic kind of deconstruction um, of Hollywood myths. So I'm really loving it. Um, I listened to the first episode. um, D.W. Griffith. D.W. Griffith, the filmmaker of the first Birth of a Nation That's right. Movie, excuse me, <laughs> book. Um, Where the KKK are the heroes. Yeah, um, a ter- apparently um, the movie was so um, evocative that everyone got really swept up in its mm. um, in its beliefs yeah. and it caused kind of an out- a renewal of the yeah. KKK in yeah. America. Yeah. That's crazy. But what I really liked in that first episode was her discussing the decaying set from oh, yes. his um his next venture, which was a failed one, and it was there was this decaying elephant on like Hollywood Boulevard or yes, something. Yes, amazing. And you know what that reminded me of? It reminded me of Peter Jackson's Forgotten Silver. You know the oh, mockumentary, yes. and it was so. I've not. I've not um, oh, seen you that. Need to, oh, you need is his God. best. For, is the 
best thing. Okay, that's and the why weird thing is, sorted. before I listened to that um, episode of You Must Remember This, I've been watching clips of Forgotten Silver where they kind of discover this old film set that's all decaying and falling apart and um, and then I listen to this and it just all kind of ties together I love how that happens and because when that Forgotten Silver came out people thought it was real they thought right? it was yeah. real and it caused a huge outrage and people were getting in touch with national radio and oh so clever oh, one of the cool. best films ever he needs to do something as good Again. Oh, <laughs> a bit of gentle He's shake. mucking there. around. Stop yeah. mucking around, shake. Peter. <laughs> well, PJX, if you're listening, Karen yeah. Das expects more. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, moving along to the quiz, finally. Um, so the quiz this week was chosen by me, and um, it is relevant to my interests <laughs> as a former, former um, classics minor at university. Mm. Um, so the quiz is called... Um, I think it's like, what classical character are mm. you? Um, and it's on the Oxford Dictionaries website. Can't um, wait to see what you guys got. Super nerdy. I'm just going to dive. Jenna and I will have got the same I, thing. Yeah, so I was going to say that. Forward to that. Um, so we all. So they actually had options to do the male quiz and the female quiz. Karen and I did both. Jenna did just the male. So let's start with the male. I did the female. Oh, you did the female. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, you got to conform to that gender. Yes. Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm a girl. Okay. Well. Um, I still want to start with the male one because the female one is. I feel funny about it. Okay. So I'm gonna. Do, I'm just gonna do both of mine. All right. Yep. All right. So which classical character are you, male? I am Odysseus. Ah. Renowned Ooh. for my cunning wiles and fantastic plans, always a trick up my sleeve, home-loving type, will do anything to protect my family. I mean, that's true. All of that I would agree with. Yeah. You feel good about that? Yeah, I feel pretty good about that. Um, Odysseus was, um, you know, a fairly. Um, admirable character in terms of, you know, classical um, epic poetry. Um, you know, obviously not super faithful to his wife um, and did take a hell of a long time to get home from war, which must have really pissed her off. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, pretty solid, I think. Um, and my female one, yeah. I feel so weird saying because it's Venus. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't really? Goddess of love and beauty. Great. No one can resist your charms and your power is feared by all. Yeah, so far, so correct. Yep. Um, you might be the life and soul of the party, but your manipulative nature makes you many enemies, particularly the wives of your lovers. Oh, <laughs> juicy. Okay. Oh, like, okay, quiz. Like, let's not speculate <laughs> about people's personal questions. lives. Mm. Yeah. They were weird questions. A lot of them were about weaving and, like, would you, <laughs> what, what do you do when you're at home, weaving or... I voted for weaving. I knew that. <laughs> you would. You're a nutter. Okay, so Jenna, what did you get? I want to know. Because oh, I hey, know I just did the, the mail quiz while we were talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got Aeneas, which is pretty exciting because oh, I've great. actually read the Aeneas. <laughs> the only Shot. thing that I've read, but I read it maybe. The Aeneid by Virgil. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. I read that 18 years ago. Okay. So I can't remember much what happened. But Aeneas is a pretty cool dude. Kind of whiny. Yeah. Well, what does it say? on um, the, um... You've got the weight of the world on your shoulders, but sometimes you just need to focus on the task at hand and stop moaning. Mm. You don't so, moan. But I do f need to focus. <laughs> and um, I got Penelope. So ah. maybe that's where to get meant to be together after all. Oh, that's Louisa. so nice. Well, maybe, uh, you know, if, if, um, if we're single in 20 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can regroup. Yeah. <laughs> what did you get, Karen? So for male, I got Orpheus. Oh, you're a poet, and don't you know it? Artistic, oh, creative, you know it. a kidding. bit of a dreamer. <laughs> a bit of a dreamer. I'm not a dreamer. Um, yes, you, you can charm everyone with your musical skill. Oh my god! Oh my so god! True. This is you. Uh, I don't. Oh, play. Did you answer all the questions about the liar, liar playing yeah, yeah, in the in the affirmative? <laughs> I thought you would. However, your impatience can cost you dearly. Some say you're a bit self-involved. Well, those people are monsters. <laughs> That's me adding that in. <laughs> Not literal monsters from, yeah. from the uh, mythology of and Orpheus. For female, I got Medea. Passionate, mm. hot tempered, cunning, with a powerful grasp of the dark arts. Beware anyone that gets in your way. I think that's more fun. Um, so, just to um, for our listeners who did not do classics at high school or university, um, Orpheus was a lyre player whose um, wife died and he went down to the underworld to rescue her. And I'm just going to spoil the ending here. Um, the um, caveat was that he not looked back at his wife to make sure that she was behind him. 
Um, but he did, and so she died again. Mm. Shouldn't have done that, Karen. And um, <laughs> great film by Jean Cocteau as well. Oh, I've never seen that. I've been meaning to get into Beautiful. Jean Cocteau, although he was a Nazi sympathizer. Anyway, um, <laughs> Medea was the um, now she was the wife of Jason of yeah, the Argonauts, Argonauts, who went overseas and got the Golden Fleece and all that shit. And um, but Medea was indeed a passionate woman, and when she was wronged by her husband, she uh. Killed the up kids. his children and served them to him in a pie. Look Probably out. not in a pie. I actually watched a play. <laughs> I watched a play of Medea a couple of years ago when I was in Seattle. My friend Shenandoah Davis did the the music for it, and it was dark. And they had these really cute kids in the play. Like they were just the cutest, oh. and it kind of ended her with dragging around these sacks of blood. <laughs> Jesus, great I mean, no doubt. Great no doubt. I mean, certainly. It certainly was. Fun <laughs> quiz. Yeah, oh, I mean, it was a great fun. quiz. I'm glad you guys liked it. So we'll chuck that on the um, on the old Twitter and all that jazz. So, you, you know, you get two for one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Two for one. Um, yeah, the questions are a bit difficult to answer unless you are a liar player or a weaver. You just have to press a button and hope that no one else looks at what you chose. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and hope that you didn't get Venus. Um, so I think that's all we've got. Yeah, we've been here for, I don't even know how long we've spoken for. Um, so. You know, like an hour. Okay. Um, so thank you so much, Alice, for putting up with all that. Thank you to the spinoff. Thank you to the spinoff books page. Thank you to Unity Books who sponsor the spinoff books page. Um, like and subscribe. What else? Get in touch. Get in touch. Get in touch. Paper We're here waiting for you. At gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter. Did you already say that? At the start, I but you're like... bookending. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At Paper so Cuts Pod. That's our Twitter. And yeah. um, we'll see you in August. Yeah. And goodbye. Bye. Kia ora e te iwi. Te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at the spin-off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.